everybody. Welcome back to Brown Eyes and Caramel Thighs. Thanks so much for tuning back in. We are on ap- episode eight, 19. Episode 19. Wow. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So excited. I feel I'm always like surprised. Like if I'm not, I haven't been here since the beginning. <laughs> what? Surprise? Yeah, I know. It's so weird. But it's because, I don't know. I just, well, one, we're in quarantine still. And then it's like, yeah, you can still do podcasting in, in quarantine, but it it's still something that you're having to do, right? So then you're just kind of like, I have so much other things that I'm doing that I'm like, oh, shoot. And then when you remember, you're like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I've made it this far already. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been uh, journaling, trying to keep track of, uh, you know, like, just day to day what this has been like. And I, I was writing down the other day, like, day 70, and I was like, oh, my goodness, <laughs> I can't believe it that's so wild yeah because I started putting like I didn't just put like the date but I put how many days in quarantine it's been so I started with like day five day 10 and it was like day 70 a couple days back ago holy crap yeah so that's so long Uh uh-huh oh my gosh and you can you can start sensing that people are um like over it you know like I'm so over it like this Memorial weekend, you know, like there was those, like, uh, I don't know, just, you could sense that people were just going out and about more. Um, so yeah. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm like, so over it. I'm not kidding. I'm t- like today. No, I think it's today or yesterday. I don't remember. I talked to my best friend and I was like, I am ready to just like go out to the world and be like, yep, I'm buying my ticket to go anywhere, at anywhere, anytime, like whatever. I'm so stuck from being at home. Like I'm over it. So over it. And like me, I enjoy um, quiet a lot. So this hasn't been too bad, but it has given me a lot of time to think about like things that I want. Like, you know, I've really decided I really want to go to see Yosemite. And what did you want? Yosemite, like Yosemite National Park. Yes, yes, yes. And I really, really want to go see it. But the park is closed right now. And like, I'm not going to drive 30 hours to go see a closed park. And I'm definitely not going to fly when, you know, they say that I can leave my house, you know, here in Michigan. So I just have like that anxiety of like, there's this thing I really want to do. I've been thinking about it for like the last 70 plus days, but I can't do it. And I don't, I have no clear idea when I will be able to. I know, dude. I've been thinking about that too. Well, speaking of anxiety, I mean, I, I'm sure we have a little, I have a little bit of it. You might have a little bit of it. Who knows? Whatever. But I'm sure I have it and it's just not been hundred percent diagnosed. <clears throat> Going to stores and where people aren't like conscious of where their body is next to me, literally, I'm like, who, I don't know you, like, get off, <laughs> you are way too close to me. And, and like, even the workers, they'll be stalking things. And I'm like, oh, all right, I'll come back when you're done type thing. Like, I'm not going to walk in that aisle if there's somebody else in there and you've been in there doing your thing and stuff. And I don't know. I just know that my chest gets really tight and I'm like, oh, I need to get out of here. I need to get out of here. But I yeah. know in my head, like, I know it's like just me, like making it a bigger deal than it might be. I mean, it's not like I'm 
I don't know. I'm not touching my face while I'm in the stores, so I'm not right. worse. But <clears throat> in my head, I'm like, get me right. out of here. Right. And I've noticed like that how I said you could tell that people were over it. So I used to go to the store late at night on a weekday to try to see if I could find less people at the store. And it would mean that I wouldn't always find all the things I wanted because I wasn't going when everything was freshly stocked. I was kind of going at the end of the day, you know, right before they closed. But at the beginning of quarantine, that was fine. Like you were, the aisles were really empty. It wasn't really an issue. And now like eight o'clock, it's still busy. I'm like, how? Why? Go home. It's Tuesday. It's Tuesday at eight o'clock. Like what? I don't understand. Like, don't you have somewhere to be? (laughs) (laughs) Obviously not. I don't know. I just, I'm like a little terrified of what world's going to look like once we get back. Like, I'm just a little bit concerned. Yeah. I've been in healthcare, so it's going to be very weird for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been um, reading as states open up what their life is looking like, like when Georgia opened up, how the salons were operating. And I was like, okay, so that might be what happens here once they finally say that the salons can open and, and things like that. Like I've just been trying to kind of prepare myself for what the world's going to look like when things quote unquote go back to normal, but they're not really going to go back to normal. Yeah. And I, I don't know, I keep thinking about it and I'm like, I don't really want to do any of that. Like, can we yeah, go same. where there's a place that doesn't have this? Like, can I just be there? I'm sure there is, but I'm pretty sure that they don't accept right. Westerners. <laughs> no, there's one place that said that they didn't have any cases. I think it was New Zealand eliminated new cases yeah. um, for yeah. so many days straight. Yeah, I was yeah. Like, oh, that's nuts. Yeah, they were really strict at, to begin, like, early on. They were, like, uh, forcing travelers, like, two-week quarantine, and I forget all else that they were doing, but that supposedly is the reason why they've been so successful. Hmm, interesting. I like mm-hmm. that. I can't wait to travel again. Like, 2019 for me was one of my most traveled years. I went everywhere, like, everywhere. Thailand, Japan. I went to Germany, Belgium, Amsterdam. I went to Italy. <laughs> I went to like 10 different places in Italy. I went everywhere in 2019. Then this year I've done nothing. I lied. I went to New York once before the shutdown. Mm-hmm. But <clears throat> I don't know. I'm just feeling very like, get me out of here type thing. Like those um, those videos you see on Instagram and TikTok and they're all like, it's like a, a voice of a little girl. She's like, get me out of here. Get me out of here. And she's like running to the door. It's so funny. I haven't seen it. I don't have a TikTok. I've been told that I should at least just go see the videos, but I haven't done that. <laughs> I got a TikTok. <laughs> and it's quite entertaining to say the least. Oh, sure. It is, but you don't really realize, because there's like, I think it's a minute long clip that you get to watch like a little video for a minute, 60 seconds. Mm -hmm. And you literally can spend so long just going through these clips and you're just like, okay, after this one. And then you're like, okay, after this one. And then you're, you're in there for like two hours and you're like, what have I done? (laughs) Literally my motivation and life 
have declined after I joined TikTok. So I don't recommend oh. doing TikTok because all I do is want to watch freaking TikTok videos. Yeah, that sounds like a good reason for me to not watch it. I would definitely sound like I would have a hard time being able to disconnect. Yes, oh. they're so funny. They're Look so at this. Look at that. Yes, they're so funny. And then, like, obviously, they develop, like, an algorithm and, like, or they have an algorithm developed where things that you obviously like, like it physically like, they will continue to feed more of it into your feed. And so you're like, oh, that's so funny. The next mm-hmm. one's even funnier because it's something that you are interested in. But Wait, that- I have a question about TikTok. Do you know, like, when you create your TikTok, do you have to tag, like, what it's about? Like, do you... Yeah, so you kinda- can hashtags. And then oh, okay. it shows you like trending hashtags um and it shows you like the trending hashtags for that day so you can add all of those so you can get more views apparently um one of my one of my tiktoks which is actually really funny um got like a thousand you know almost 1100 views i think mm-hmm. and i was like oh my gosh that's so crazy <laughs> <laughs> no i wonder because it's I wonder like what technology is behind it to recommend what you should watch next besides if like people don't tag what the post is about. I'm sure China has some AI going on and trying to figure out what the post is. I'm sure they do because some human moderators. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, This lady on TikTok said they're little elves in a basement just getting to work on their computers. I was like, oh yeah, sounds about right. Well, I mean, Facebook has their human moderators for like the content that they want to filter out. So I'm sure China has the same thing. I'm sure they do. Like, um, the, um, oh my gosh, what was I going to say? I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not like I knew where you were going with that to even like help you lead it on. <laughs> it, was, it was about TikTok. I don't remember, but besides that, I spent a China, lot of time. Little elves. <laughs> yeah, and I just I probably shouldn't be on there at all. That's funny. You get a lot of creepers. Oh, I remember what I was gonna say. One of my students found me on TikTok, and I was like, "Ugh, can I not have anything where I'm just like, <laughs> where I can do what I want?" <laughs> I mean, none of them are very inappropriate, but yeah. Um, because obviously I have some morals and values of my own self. <laughs> some of them are quite like, well, you're weird. I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously I don't want my students to see that. Right, right. That's funny. Anyways, um, today we're talking about not quarantine TikTok life. <laughs> no. <laughs> We're talking about stigmas in our Latino community mm-hmm. and um, how they've impacted us and how we've managed to grow from it and kind of learn and still learning, I think, in order to get better and make sure that we don't pass them on to our children. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot. I mean, they're subliminal and blatant. And it's, it, it, it's like when you start getting older, you start realizing the way that it, it molds you and the way that you interact with those stigmas. I feel like sometimes the ones that are subliminal are slightly manipulative at times. 
Um, sure. I guess depending on how it's said, definitely. For sure. For sure. So um, tell me, what, which ones have you grown up with that you can automatically be like, this is one? Well, I remember when I got accepted to state, um, not my mom, my mom was excited, but other family members, it was unheard of for a woman my age to like leave home for college. They were like, well, why doesn't she stay locally? And they just couldn't understand like the need to go to that school specifically and state was not far from my hometown at all it's like an hour and a half so I wasn't coming home every weekend but I definitely was close you know um but I remember very keenly like coming up against that like my freshman year and just feeling like like why why does anyone have to be upset about it or feeling like they have a say of where I should go to school just based on location alone like nothing about my education um based on like my ability to pay for school based on the experiences that I get it was literally just that I shouldn't leave home until I was like married essentially not from my mom but like I said other family members and that was um kind of the first time I came up against that like that idea that that my place was to stay home until I was married off yeah um, yeah that's the, the one that like I remember most uh fondly like well, the one that's like triggers me the most I guess the one that's like most in my head there's a lot I could we could probably go on and on about them but I remember that one the most yeah I think I mean I I don't know, it may spin off the fact that, like, we weren't allowed to spend the night anywhere for a very long time, you know? Right. Like, um, ever. Yeah. I mean, ever, or, like, really long time, like, never. Like, y- y- there was no sleeping over at boyfriends. I was, uh, like, graduated college, had was able to drink and, you know, pay my own bills and still could not, you know, stay over at my boyfriends. Um, yeah. I couldn't stay over at friends. Like there was no sleepovers were not a thing like ever <laughs> and no one. And it wasn't like, Oh, well then they can come here. No, they weren't allowed at my house either. <laughs> I feel like boys were not allowed at my house ever for me, you know, and not even until it became my own house where it was like, Oh yeah, they can come to my house. Uh-huh. But like, even if you're my friend as a guy, like it was still kind of like, um, mom, my friend's coming over, you know? <laughs> yeah. No, so like speaking of that, I remember too, um, I might have been in college, I can't remember how much older my cousin is. So my cousin, she's uh, three years older than me, and I forget when she got married. But when she got married, my mom agreed to help pay for some of her um, wedding fees, like a madrina. And her reason, her like requirement for paying, she asked my cousin if she was getting married right meaning had she not lived with him before they got married and my cousin said yeah we we're I'm I'm living with my my aunt her mom um and we're now going to get married so she was doing everything the right way and that's the one requirement my mom had for being able to pay for any part of her wedding and that I remember stuck with me I was like she's a grown woman she was you know like late 20s I don't know at the point I can't remember how long ago she got married but that like that conversation stuck with me too. And I'm just like, 
oh my goodness, it doesn't matter that she went to college. It doesn't matter, you know, that she has this career. It doesn't matter that she's lived her life. It doesn't matter that she, you know, it, none of that matters, apparently. The only thing that matters is that she did not live with the man before they got married. No only thing. Okay. <laughs> none of that mess. <laughs> it's yeah. just so, like, mind-blowing to think. And I get it. Like, my brother was trying to explain to me that men and women, like, there are gender differences. Obviously, like, there's some things that women can't or shouldn't do. Um, is what he's telling me as a woman because it's a man's thing to do and I didn't want to get into it because <clears throat> I don't know I feel like I could do everything that a man can do yeah I don't know how well I would do it because I wasn't exposed to it at an earlier age than a man was mm-hmm. vice versa for women I guess um but like I said I feel as if if I had a son and I had a daughter I would hope to be able to say like if my son's going to let his, if I'm going to let my son have his girlfriend spend the night at 17, 18, whatever, then I'm going to let my daughter have her boyfriend spend the night at 17, 18, whatever. Like those double standards I'm hoping to not have in my household. And I I get that. I get that you want to have a parts of you wants to have those double standards in the sense of like, um, my, I'm not going to let my son wear heels, um, like, playing with his daughters or with his sister's, like, toys. Like, I guess in, like, in my head, because I grew up in that way, I wouldn't let that happen. But then a part of me, because I'm, like, open and more free and, like, liberal and, like, open to things, if that's something that my son wants to pursue and if that's how he identifies, then obviously I'm going to let him express himself, you know? Yeah. So yeah. it's hard to break those types of stigmas. <laughs> yeah, no, I think I won't say who because it's not really my story to tell, but um, someone I know was mentioning how they know that they shouldn't be upset when they see their son with their nails painted. It's a toddler. Um, but that it still bothers them, but they know you know, logically, they're like, I know it shouldn't bug me. I know it's probably some like ingrained machismo. But when I see him with his nails painted, it bugs me, you know, and, and it's, there's like that emotional part. And then there's like the logical part of your brain being like, no, I shouldn't have this, you know, anger over something so insignificant and like I was telling that person how my son for a while he liked painting his nails he would see me that I would paint my nails and he would ask him for me to paint his nails too and I always remembered like you know what don't make it something that's a shame thing I want him if he wants to do it he can do it you know and he I'm not going to shame him into not doing it so he uh painted his nails for a long time and then after a while he just stopped he just wasn't interested anymore it was like he lost the curiosity because it was something that I allowed him to do and I told him I was like you don't know maybe it's just right now because he has that curiosity he's a kid you know kids are curious they want to explore they want to understand the world and then 
at some point, maybe they just drop it. Like it might not be a part of them. Like my son hasn't touched it anymore. He doesn't ask to get his nails painted. He sees me doing it. And I, you know, I see him staring. I'm like, do you want your nails painted? I'm like, no. Okay. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. you know, it's not a thing. It's definitely hard to, to like, um, understand in your head. I think like mm-hmm. to justify within yourself, I think is very challenging. Um, but I, I know that I want to be able to, to teach my children those ways in, in that way. Um, but also I want, I never want to be that mom where your kids are scared to come to you for whatever reason. Exactly. And I know yeah. that's so cliche to say, but it comes from saying and doing things in this sense, you know, and not allowing them to, um, to express themselves and not allowing to like for example like I was so fearful of my mom and my brothers and in, in that like um where they were very they were like my father figures in, in my life they were my mm-hmm. the male figures in my life and so I was scared of my mom I was scared of my brother so like I would not necessarily do things behind their backs um but I was very curious and wanting to do things but mm-hmm. I was like, no, well, one, I would always be like, no, that's not godly. But then I'd also be like, I'm disobeying my mom, you know, like, I didn't, right. I didn't want to do that. Um, and then in college, I definitely explored a lot of things. <laughs> yeah, that's what my mom kind of talked to me when we were younger. She, my mom tried, you know, hard. She had her own struggle with things that she didn't accept and trying to, um, allow us the space to explore that but um all all that to say that she she I think she used her experience um because she had to leave the house so young she left at like 14 to start working um and her mom did not let her date at all either which is really funny that that was my mom's rule with me too (laughs) it's funny how we become our parents but um my mom hid all her boyfriends from my grandma and you know she uh my I don't think my mom ever my grandma ever found out that my mom was dating all these people she had lots of boyfriends um and she tells me the stories like there was really sweet and innocent but still like it was she was hiding it and I think she um realized when she became a parent that if she was going to try to hide, like keep us from something. We were just going to find another way to do it on our own, whether it's when we left the house or, um, you know, when she wasn't looking. Um, and my mom tried, you know, she tried to let us do a lot of things that I think other parents weren't letting their girls do. Um, I drove, started driving really young. Um, like I started my driving lessons at 14 when, you know, for like American, like, long-standing Americans that might be like regular but like for like first-gen Americans I don't know that that's necessarily the the case you know um so she let me drive she let me be in all the sports I wanted to be in you know I was pretty I took myself to school I got myself home um we were in the home most a lot by ourselves before my mom would come home from work and stuff so she tried you know to give us a lot of independence because she didn't want us when we were out on our own to only do things because she was there with the like iron fist over us you know she wanted us to make the decisions up for our own 
um, selves, but she really struggled with the boyfriend thing. She really, that was something, that was like her cross to bear. She had such a hard time of like understanding that, that like that's part of this culture that people date really young, that it's like part of the culture to like date a lot to figure out what you like. Like she just, had a really hard time with it and I don't think it helps like her own story with like relationships but you know she it was just she to this day you know (laughs) you can't tell her that you're going on a date she'll look at you funny yeah that's crazy now Mm -hmm. when I tell my mom I'm going on dates she's very um (laughs) she likes to be optimistic in the sense of like maybe he's the one (laughs) And I'm, I'm always like, maybe mom, you never know. <laughs> you never yeah. know. <laughs> I just recently opened up to my mom because my mom is uh, really like, I know she doesn't like talking about relationships and, and dating and stuff. So I recently t- opened up to her and told her like that I do want to date, you know, that that is something that I want. Um, and we had a conversation about that, but it's, it's a hard, it's like I said, it's really hard for my mom. I don't, I, I can't tell you what it is I haven't pinpointed that's her thing to figure out but like it's so hard she like you could tell she was like I want to drop this conversation now (laughs) do you ever feel like it's um like you have to build it up in yourself you gotta be like all right I'm gonna talk to her about it and like you play the scenario in your head of like how it's gonna go down because there's so much um awkwardness with her um I don't know. I decided this year that I am just going to tell people what's on my mind instead of like trying to bite my tongue to like appease other people. I'm trying, I'm still trying to say it in a nice way. I'm not going to be like a brat about it, but um, I, I've noticed this is totally off the topic of stigmas, but I've noticed that for me to keep the peace, I'll just bite my tongue. And sometimes I'll like stuff feelings so that I end up hurting myself more, you know, it's like someone hurts me and I don't tell that person that what they said hurt me. Um, or I have an issue about something and I don't speak up about it. And I'm just like, you know what, I'm just going to let it over. And I do have this like philosophy that if something bugs me for more than a day and I'm still thinking about it, that I need to say something, but I'm trying to be better about, um, like figuring, figuring out and telling the person like, this is what I need. Like I used to really get upset when friends would give me advice when I was really upset, like when I was in a sad place and I'm trying to be better about telling them like, that's not what I need right now. What I need is just a hug. Mm-hmm. And I'm, and I'm trying to be able to vocalize my needs. All that to say that I was just in a place where I couldn't pretend that I was okay with my mom. So I just told her what was on my mind. I was like, I'm going through this stuff right now. Like I'm feeling hurt. And I was just like talking and talking and talking to her. And I was like, I'd rather tell you instead of, and have this like real conversation, even if it makes you a little awkward, than pretending that I care to talk about whatever you watched on YouTube for the hundredth time. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I swear these ladies (laughs) YouTube videos, like what? (gasps) what sometimes I just let it pass like I'm like you know what? I'm not even gonna fight my mom on this one she'll I'm say not. some crazy stuff are you kidding yeah. I found my mom are you kidding listen I found her in her bathroom putting <laughs> shit in her hair I was like mom what are you doing she's like I saw this video on YouTube 
Bro, she squares. She was covering up her grays with some lemon something. Huh. In the YouTube video she said she found. And I was just like, really? She was like, this said it works. We're gonna see. <laughs> when her fa- hair falls out. No, oh my gosh. She loves YouTube. She loves it. My mom swears that Pedro Infante didn't die in a plane crash, that he orchestrated it because someone <laughs> wanted his death because he was cheating on the president's wife, cheating with the president's wife. And so this other artist that sang and looked like him uh, appeared like 20 years later and took Pedro Infante's spot and always denied it. And he actually lived. And I don't know, she has this, she believes it in her heart. <laughs> that that's what happened, that that's a real story. Like, I, I don't know if you know on Netflix, there's a story about Pedro Infante. Um, no, I, I forget what it's called. It's, it's a cute movie. I liked it. I, and I recommended it for my mom to watch. And she's like, this is based off the story of the guy who came back. It's like, she, I was like, no, that's actually not what this movie is about. But okay, mom, continue to f- believe your conspiracy theory. <laughs> they love YouTube. Anything, <laughs> yeah. Anything and everything, I tell you. And it's funny because, like, she discovered Google recently because <laughs> I was, uh, like, helping her. I was trying to show pictures of Yosemite, and my son wanted to see pictures of other parks and other mountains. And so I was like, yeah, it works just like YouTube. Like, you just type things in the search <laughs> bar, and then things come up. <laughs> but, like, she was just so, like, like YouTube was her world. Like, there there was no Google, and there was just YouTube. <laughs> my brother should, should my mom Google. And my brother was like, you see the ones, the first ones that say add on them? Don't click on those. <laughs> click on the one that doesn't say add. And so one time I clicked on the one that said add just to click the first one that came up. Uh-huh. Trying to search for something. I was showing her. She's like, no, you click the first one. You can't click the first one. <laughs> I'm like, yes, mom, I can't click the first one. Sorry, my bad. <laughs> and so she's, I don't know. It's, it's quite crazy. But anyways, back to stigmas. the one um I was talking to some of our friends (laughs) and they were talking about how there's like this there's so many stigmas for like men and there's so many stigmas for women and like for example like that all Latinas should look a certain way or that you know like all Latinas are supposed to react a certain way or be a certain way Mm -hmm. and like those stereotypes turn into these stigmas right of like because it's because it they've seen it or it's portrayed that way that now that's what it is and that's how it's like expected outside of our communities I guess um and one that they mentioned were like how there's just a big stigma on hair loss in like the younger population for men and then all like brown, brown and and um black communities and I'm just like that's so crazy like you like I don't see it that way at all like to me right. like if you're bald you're bald like mm-hmm. whatever but like to the man themselves there's like within the male community there's like this big stigma of men like not having hair I didn't know yeah I get that I I don't think I spent that much time thinking about it either but you look you think about like Anuel um who just recently changed his hairstyle so that you know people can see that he he has a receding hairline um but he was doing the other hairstyle to like kind of cover it up and you're like 
why do you look like a chamuco from like I don't know ninth grade that was walking down the streets with his pants like half down his ass like why do you still have that hairstyle (laughs) but you know that's why he was was doing it yeah I just didn't think it was a a thing at all like I, I obviously since it doesn't impact me I'm just kind of like whatever like I would rather see I I don't know to me like I would find it more attractive even if you don't have the head for a bald head like I feel like if if you're able to confidently rock the bald head even if you don't have the good shape of head underneath your non-hair like if you holding on to whatever you have is less attractive to me yeah yeah I think they always say confidence is sexy yeah. Doesn't he say that too? Yeah. I swear. And it's like, I hear this all the time. Uh, you know, and it's just about the confidence because that speaks more volumes than like right. how you actually look, you know? Yeah. So if like you have a hair issue, then I'm always like, you, I don't know, it can be said about anything, right? Like anything. Like if anybody knows me, I ain't got no cheeks. So. <laughs> obviously like I know this blatantly I'll say it whatever it is what it is you know I I stay in the gym working on it but it just doesn't happen because it's not right scenes it's not in your DNA right any and it's so weird I was looking at like my family and I was like oh like my mom like I have a similar body type to my mom and my mom Mm -hmm. has a similar body type to my aunts like all my aunts kind of have the same same body like we Mm -hmm. don't have curves at all like it's just kind of like sponge body (laughs) from all angles you're just kind of a square (laughs) some might be wide squares some might be slim squares whatever no no curves and you know what I'm like accepting that of who I am it's hard Mm -hmm. for sure Um, with social media influence (laughs) right like it's so hard to accept that that's still beautiful you know Mm -hmm. um but knowing how much more I have to offer than looks, um, and I'm not saying that I'm ugly, but I definitely am saying that I'm not no Colombian model who, <laughs> what are those, um, the ladies that do this, the, the weather? <laughs> yeah, the weather ladies. The weather ladies on the Spanish channel. Yo, their body be looking like an hourglass, like a Coke bottle. Right. Yeah, I mean, if we just talk about body image, like it's taken me a long time to accept multiple pieces of my body, like my nose, for example, you know, like I was always called chata, you know, for having like the wider, you know, like stubby nose versus like the like respingidita, they call it, you know, when it points up and it's like really small. My sister has more of those noses. Mm -hmm. Um, I have no boobs like none (laughs) and that is like it's really you know I always contemplate like would I actually get a boob job would I do it would I maybe like it's just really hard to like you know we have this this idea of Latinas being able to be curvy or at least have boobs and I have neither (laughs) um yeah and like my skin type it's like the fact that I'm so light skin you know like I was definitely I I liked my sister was always like the one that was the pretty one because she had the the darker skin. It's like, oh, mira, que bonita. And I know that's odd. Like that's different between um, like other people's experiences maybe. But in my household, like the darker skins were the most, the prettier, like the white skins were kind of like, um, 
outcasted. Like you're, you don't look like the rest of us. Yeah, for sure. That's so crazy you say that. Cause I mean, it's, it's so common that stigma within, within our community of being, I don't want to say racist, but I guess, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, at least colorist. Yeah. At the very least. Yeah. But definitely. I mean, I know comments have been said for sure, but at, earlier in life, I don't know if it was racism or if it was actually like colorism. Mm-hmm. Um, um, just in my nickname, sorry to cut you off. Just no, you're in fine. my nickname, um, like <laughs> they would call me La Negrita, like, and I would call myself that mm-hmm. because I was darker skinned than my brothers. Yeah, we, we had a whole group of family that we would go visit and everyone had a nickname. There was El Güero, eh, la, la, El Negrito, La Negrita for sure. Um, there, El Gordo, La Flaca. I mean, it was like every single type of body type, color, skin color. Like if you had it, we were going to make sure that you knew that that was your identity. Yeah. And it's so messed up because it definitely gives you a whole complex one too. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like that's our version of like how when the stereotypically, how when black people like, like when the guys try to holler at me and they are black, they're always like, yo, purple. Cause it happens to be the color of shirt I'm wearing. Oh, okay. So I feel like that's the same thing. So like, like that's who you are now. You're just the girl in the purple shirt. And- <laughs> you're just a dark-skinned girl now and you're just the skinny girl or you're just the fat girl or you're just that's just who you are now yeah I don't I have no idea why we do that I don't I think at least I can think with my family now we're a little bit better of, of staying away from that but growing up I definitely remember those nicknames <laughs> and it's so messed up and like my brothers don't call me that as much anymore as I've got older obviously because I'm not that fat anymore but growing up, I was always like, la, go- la gorda. Like, at first, I was like, la negrita. It was like me and my mom and my brothers. But then, like, even if I was, like, at Walmart with my brothers, they'd be like, gorda, ven. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I'm coming. <laughs> really quick. I'm like, that's how, I mean, I guess that's how they showed affection, right? Like, that was their way. That was their way of showing affection towards me. Um but I can honestly say, like, unintentionally, obviously, it wasn't like they're saying, calling me that on, well, sometimes they did, but. <laughs> it wasn't like, oh my goodness, like, you need to do something about that. It was like a nickname of endearment. Right. And then it also was like, not a nickname of endearment. <laughs> um, especially if I like, obviously I'm spoiled one and I would get like the control or I would have like more TV time than them or I would like never get in trouble so they'd be like eh, you little fat whatever you know they'd always call me okay. like that something and so like I that definitely created like a sort of complex like not so much that I struggle with it today I, I don't know maybe a little bit but growing up even though I wasn't fat I always thought I was fat and even today like I've lost so much weight and I've gone through this like huge weight loss journey where I've I'm so close to hitting my hundred pound weight loss that I'm like, wow, this is wow. But still today, obviously I have like this complex of like, right. I'm always been la gorda, which 
that's weird now because yeah (laughs) yeah I mean it makes it like very front and center almost like this is how people perceive me you know (laughs) Mm-hmm. Like when you, when you give those nicknames, you're like, okay, this is how the world sees me. Yeah. I like on first impression or whatever. Yeah, um, for sure. For so sure. yeah. And I think definitely on a kid's psyche, like that's hard to break. It is. It's so crazy. I was listening to this TikTok lady. <laughs> Help me. Get me out of quarantine. <laughs> give me more stuff to do so I don't watch TikToks all day. Um, <laughs> this lady, she was telling her, st- her story time <laughs> and she was saying how, um, she was com- complimenting one of her daughters on like putting her stuff away and getting ready to go. Mm-hmm. And she was like, Oh, Paige, good job on, you know, hurrying up and getting ready. Like, I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Good job. And then her other daughter was like, mom, can you compliment me? Like, can I have a compliment? And, um, her, her mom was like, yeah, of course. And she's like, thank you for telling me what you need. Um, and understanding that's something that you need from me. And I was like, dang, that's so crazy. Like, you don't, like, I know I wasn't taught to tell my mom that I need this type of feeling or emotion or like to like feed me in this sense. You know what I mean? Like give this part of me. Cause I, I need that from you. Like show me that affection or show me that like, like, I, I know I wasn't taught that way to, to, like, tell my mom what I needed from her. Right. Even if it was a hug or even if it was, like, a kiss or even if, like, I know it wasn't necessarily a thought that she was, like, just tell me what you want from me whenever I was frustrated, you know? Or if, mm-hmm. I, was being, if I was, like, showing our anger or anything. Like, it wasn't, like, control those emotions and tell me what you need from me. It was always, like, yes, I was, oh, she would accept it if I were to tell her what I need from her, I feel like I would be okay to do that, but it was never like a teaching moment for her to tell me that. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's one of the things that I struggle with of being able to tell people what I need. I noticed that I have a lot of, uh, this is kind of totally off topic, but I have like, so like, um, one of the things that I've been like thinking through these last couple months is how, my expectations of myself and like what I value sometimes like I reflect that onto um like the rest of the world so I judge myself for I should have a clean home and so then I go on and look at other people when they're not doing that and think like hey they should also have a clean home and why aren't they doing that and I don't know like this like should uh, thought process of like what other people should be doing versus um, what you should be doing like that like those um, beliefs that you have of how the world should work and similarly sometimes like the anger that comes is because I communicate something I do something and I expect that person to respond in a certain way so like if I'm crying that person should give me a hug well they might not be wired that way and if I don't tell them that that's what I need how in the world are they going to know what I need you know I have to vocalize what I need and I can't be upset that they're not giving me what I need you know without saying it so it's like it's been a really hard thing for me to try to figure out how to vocalize 
what I need because I get so upset when like when people give me advice when I'm upset when people um you know cut me off like when I'm in the middle like in a heated argument or something I'm trying to think of like my other big triggers um when I'm made to feel like my feelings and thoughts don't matter Mm -hmm. because whatever you think or believe is more important than what I feel you know um so there's like certain things and it's like I can't like I can't expect the person to behave how I want them to like I have to tell them like hey that was hurtful or hey you know I know that you were trying to do something good but like this would help me you know better you know in this moment you know it's different things like and all of that to say that it's really hard to articulate your needs when at least for me I never have had much practice in that yeah I don't think um I don't think it's something that has been taught a lot I guess at least I know at least it wasn't for me I I didn't learn Mm -hmm. at all um and quite the opposite I remember being like expressing my feelings and being remember saying like sorry doesn't help right now I remember specifically saying those words when I was like eight or nine Mm -hmm. and I was like sorry doesn't help me like it doesn't help me right now in this situation what I'm feeling right now that sorry doesn't help and I got made fun of, like, I was teased because I said that in the sense of, like, be, one, mostly probably because I, it wasn't genuine sorry and I felt it, I guess. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I remember being like, okay, that doesn't help me. I don't know, like, how we're going to fix the situation, but that sorry isn't fixing it. Yeah, because you're just supposed to, like, suck it up and now they did the thing. So you sh- you're the one that has to manage the feelings. Right. And that's not what I wanted to do. And I, I feel like if in that moment it could have been addressed better, I feel like I would have learned a, bit, a better, a bigger, better lesson maybe that could have mm-hmm. been filled for years and years and years, you know? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's a constant, like we, this is kind of similar, but like, I feel like we were always told to like not express any emotion basically outside of happiness like I literally wasn't allowed to be sad or angry or literally anything else like I was only allowed to ever be happy and I still really struggle with how to parent Leo with this like when he gets mad sometimes I'm just I just want to tell him like like you can't be mad about this like you're being ridiculous but I sometimes I'm like okay you're allowed to be mad but you're not allowed to kick the furniture like go to your room if you need a timeout. Come tell me what you need when you're ready. Um, but it's hard. It's really hard. Like I really sometimes like you. I don't know if it's a parent thing or it's like a you not being able to like manage someone else's emotions. But it's like I, especially when I feel like I I have done the the work of like explaining why we have to do things like not just telling you that you have to do this but like giving you the reason and everything like having a tantrum right now I am just like done I'm done I can't do this anymore he doesn't really do tantrums he's really good he's never been a, a kid to have tantrums but the other things he'll do is like I have to repeat myself like 500 times to get one thing done. And he gets upset when I repeat myself. I'm like, are you kidding me? I told you the first time, just fine. <laughs> um, so like those things, I still really have to work on because I'm like, I, I think about it sometimes. I'm like, I feel like I'm sur- making him suppress those feelings and I don't want him to, you know, 
sadness is a little bit easier for me to be there for him when he's sad and get him what he needs. The anger one is hard. The anger one is really hard for me to figure out how to help him and help him work through those emotions and like kind of get him to calm down and tell me what what upset him, what he needs. Um, we're really working on him. He'll sometimes like peep up and be like, oh, you know, I just thought I, you like, he'll try to say something that he needed and then he'll cut off because he thinks I'm not, I don't care. And I'm like, no, tell me what, what is it? Um, like the other day we went to the beach and he started talking to him. He's like, I really wish that we could, Never mind. I'm like, no, tell me what, what, what do you want to tell me? And he's like, well, I really wish that we'd go up there on this part of the beach and go run all the way down the hill. I was like, well, that sounds like a really good idea, but that's private property over there and we can't run down on that hill. And so he's like, oh, well, I wish we could run, but I I know we can't because it's private property, but at least he like expressed what he wanted to say versus like just holding it in because he thought I was going to be mad because that was his thing. He didn't want to say it because he thought I was going to like shut him down Mm -hmm. immediately. And I'm trying, I'm trying, but it's hard. Um, Anger is like the, the one feeling that is really hard for me. Yeah, that is hard. I mean, I I can imagine. I'm not a mom, but I can only imagine. I know that when I, with my niece, and it's definitely hard for me to tell her, like, there's no reason for you to be angry. (laughs) There there really isn't. Like, we just went to go see Aladdin. Like, there's no, like, and I got you, Froyo. Why? (laughs) Why? Please. And then, um, (laughs) <laughs> her is wild crazy she's more than likely she's like Arr! and she'll make those noises and then go <laughs> and turn around and not look at you like like you don't exist anymore <laughs> like nothing blank face don't talk to me children and, are so funny she's like the most dramatic person I've ever met and I love her for it but she's like she has like this attitude where I'm like where did you get this sourpuss attitude from like uh-huh. Um, my brother's always like, say hi to your tia. And she won't say hi, tia. She's always like, hi, Eva. <laughs> and then and my brother's like, say hi, tia. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she's like, no, hi, Eva. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. Like, you don't want to call me tia? And she's like, no, I don't. I was like, okay, but why? Right. And she's like, because I just don't want to. Oh, okay. And I was like, but what do you call your grandma? She's like, Nana. And I was like, okay, well, why can't you call me Thea? She's like, because your name's Eva. Right, and your mom's name is Nana. (laughs) And I was like, okay, well, that makes no sense. And I was like, well, then I think you should call me Thea, though. And then she just turns around and just goes, And then my, my brother's like, say bye. Say bye to your tia. Bye, tia. <laughs> Just like the death stare. Straight back. Like no emotion in her voice. She did not want to say bye to me. Right. All she wanted to do was call me Eva. <laughs> Kids go through that phase where they want, like using their adult names on their peers my son wanted to call me everyone no one calls me tia I never liked them I've never asked them to they all call me Kari but he wanted to call me Kari and I'm like no 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 no. (laughs) I am mommy to you (laughs) I'm not Kari (laughs) I know I like I call all my tias tias like I don't Mm -hmm. ever like 
my mom would be like, which one? Like, cuál? De cuál hablas? Uh, mi tía Juani, <laughs> mi tía mm -hmm. Meche, mi tía, whatever, you know, like, mm -hmm. I would always give a name, but most of them I would just be like, no, la quiso mi tía, you know, the one that my tía made, and I just like, mm -hmm. just a, a blanket term of who you are, you're just, yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah. And I want to be a tía so bad, and she does not want to call me tía, and so because she doesn't want to call me tía, my nephew does not want to call me tía. Right, yeah, because he sees the other one um, but my other niece I'm gonna make her call me Tia <laughs> yeah it starts young I mean I feel bad because so like none, none of my nieces or nephews call me Tia they all call me Kari um and the whole family calls me Kari no one calls me Karina no one calls me um any of my nicknames I'm just Kari like that's that's it um and for my son when I started bringing him around the family, like I asked people, what do they want to be called? My mom did not want to be grandma or abuelita. So I asked her and gave her like all sorts of names. She settled on Nana. Um, and for my sister and my brother-in-law, like my sister, her name is Sonia, but he, my son could not pronounce Sonia. And I, and I tried like Thea and he couldn't say Thea at the time either. Um, so finally we landed on Titi. And he calls her Titi and, you know, like, that's Titi. That's not Sonia. It's Titi. But her husband is Rafa. <laughs> he goes by his full name. And I think it's so funny. And I feel bad. I'm like, I hope, like, he doesn't take offense. You know, I've had, I had a conversation with him. I'm like, I hope you don't take offense. Like, that he doesn't call you Tio. Um, that he calls you Rafa. It's just, like, it was because it was easier for him to pronounce it. And he wasn't saying my sister's name. He was saying Rafa. But he wasn't saying, he wasn't talking to my sister because he couldn't say Sonia or Tia. So we, we landed on Titi and then he finally started talking to her and, and calling her and knowing how to uh, like who she was once we gave her Titi. But like now that's stuck, you know, now she's Titi and he's Rafa. <laughs> oh man. I, I, yeah, definitely. It starts young for sure. It starts very young. Um, hopefully one day she'll get the picture that she can call me Thea. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, so there you have it, guys. A little bit of everything. We've kind of jumped all over the place and not really stayed on stigmas, but we are. <laughs> well, we did talk. We talked talked on it. You know, now our body image issues. You know, you learn so much. <laughs> learn so much about me, and that's another thing that I wanted to say. Okay, so people that I have talked to really quickly, people that I've talked to on Bumble have asked me like, "Oh, what's something that you like to do?" And I, I say podcasting. Not necessarily because I want them to ask, but it's because it's something I do enjoy doing. The other thing is like, once we get to know each other, they're like, oh, what are you doing today? And I'm like, oh, I'm recording today. They're like, recording? I'm, I'm like actually being really honest with these people. And I'm like, oh, mm -hmm. I'm recording. So then they ask, they're like, oh my gosh, where can I listen? And so then they ask to listen, but I'm like, I don't really know if I want you to listen. You're like, you're gonna get- Right, you're like, I'm really yeah. raw here. Yeah, like- what you're I, but then I'm like okay well I have nothing to hide so mm -hmm. but then I'm like uh, are you cheating by listening to this and like really getting to know me like I you know me more than I know them right it's so weird I don't know I don't even know if it should be something that I talk about but I don't know whatever um so stay tuned for more stories for a bumble <laughs> <laughs> all my bumble experiences that I've had that fail quite nicely yeah but there you go. Okay. We talked a lot about stigmas. 
body image. What were other things you said? We talked about our nieces and nephews not calling us DS. <laughs> yeah, there you have it. <laughs> um, stay tuned for next week's um, episode. It's going to be some dope stuff that we got worked up. <laughs> um, yeah. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcast, SoundCloud. Follow our Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Check out what we're doing while we're in quarantine. We tend to post a little bit here and there. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Follow us. Subscribe. We're out. Bye.